Hello, coders, and welcome to episode 144 of the House Code Well podcast. This is a live show about software development, and today we're going to be talking about five five build tools that every developer uh, should learn and learn incredibly well, uh, like the back of your hand. And uh, this is part of the um, improvement series that we're doing this January. So how to do improve as a developer. I've picked five tools that are very generic, but are required by, I would say probably 99% of all software developers, in my opinion, uh, to know. Um, so whether you're a front-end developer or a back-end developer, whether you're building things for automated cars or robots or anything like that. These are five tools that every developer kind of needs to know. Before we get into it, let's talk about the uh, changelog because there's been some interesting things happening um, in the last week with How to Code Well. So in the evenings, I've been uh, plugging away at parts of the platform and we're I'm building a means of exporting data and uh, we'll be continuing that on Sunday on our Sunday stream on Twitch that happens about 2 uh 2:45 or 2:30 in the afternoon so we'll be doing that on Sunday also uh something that is um uh, happening a lot especially in the mornings so I've been getting up before work about 6, 7 a.m., and I've been doing a bit of documentation. So we are working through the Linux Bash for Beginners course, and uh, I did the transcript for the first lesson of the Docker for Beginners course that I've got. Um, and I think you'll be seeing or, or hearing about a lot of documentation writing in the next um Next couple of months, I think, because um, I am documenting all the previous courses that I've got. Also, on Tuesday, we did the on on the YouTube stream. We got to lesson three of the new PHP course, and that was creating or bringing the the Windows version of the project that we're building uh, to lesson three, all the way up from lesson zero. So that was quite interesting. I've had some fun and games with parallels. <laughs> recently and WSL. So that's been fun. Um, so yeah, lots and lots of little bits of uh, work here and there on the platform. It's, I know it's still in development and I know it's not live yet, but, uh, it's, it's getting there. <laughs> it's, it's improving. It's definitely improving. Okay. So, oh, there's another thing I should mention if uh, we're talking about the change log. I'm actually looking for another role. So, um, I'm a contract developer and I'm looking for another position, um, to start some point in February. So if you're interested, then do let me know a bit of a self plug there. Let's get into. The topic of today's show, and that is the five tools to learn, uh, five build tools to learn. And essentially, the takeaway from this is that if you don't know one of these tools and you're moving into the industry, you're getting into the industry, then 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 look upon these as things to learn, in my opinion. Uh, if you already know some of these things, but you think that you could probably do a, learn a little bit more, then I would encourage you to spend your time to, uh, to really learn them, <laughs> to really learn them. Um, because these tools, they will 
improve you not only as a developer, but they'll also make you faster. They'll make you more, um, they'll improve your job prospects, shall we say, because you'll be able to do things a lot quicker. They'll be, you'll be able to get into the flow of code with uh, zero or hardly any friction. Uh, obviously, there'll be friction when you need to learn these things. But once you know them, once it becomes muscle memory, once you're able to to find that your your fingers just float on the keys, the shortcut keys of these various things, uh, then it will become like it will become very natural. And, and it, it's, a, it's that point that I, I encourage you to get to the fact that it becomes a natural thing for you to do, to look upon these tools as a, a natural thing that you're doing to build your code. Think of these tools as an extension of your keyboard, you know, and I, I see these tools as things that um, they're incredibly important for de- for web developers. They're incredible and software engineers. They're very, very important. Software engineers and web developers are the same. So they're, they're important. And I see these like, like the scalpel of a surgeon or I don't know, the hammer of a, of some builder or something like that. You know, it's, it is, it is, you're only as good as, as you are when using those tools. And so if you know how to use those tools in the most effective and efficient way possible, then uh, you will become better at the trade. (laughs) Okay. So, um, as usual, this is live. So do join. Um, whoops. Has this gone live? (laughs) I'm going to keep going because it's still, uh, it's still recording, but I just had a little message saying, do you want to go live? And I pressed okay. So, <laughs> so hopefully this is live. If not, it'll be on the show. Uh, it'll be on the uh, podcast. Ah, dear. Anyway, so number one, number one is step debugger. So learn if you're doing dumps, if you're doing like console logs or var dumps, or you're printing things out to the screen, um, that's all well and good. And, and I'm certainly not sort of, um, saying that that's a bad thing, right? Because that's getting a feedback loop like that is good. It's good. However, in my opinion, um, it's far better to learn how to use a step debugger. So th- there's loads around, right? There's loads around. If you're a PHP dev, it's usually xdebug and you're, uh, you're probably hooking that into, into your IDE. Um, but for those who just don't know what a step debugger is, it, it allows you to control the flow of the application as it runs and see the, um, how the, how the application has progressed. So you would put in these breakpoints, these parts of the, parts of the code that you want the, 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 the code to stop at and then report to you, um, what the values of the variables that have already been assigned are. And also you're, you've got the ability to manipulate those variables as well, which is so handy. Um, I do a lot of stuff regarding, uh, elastic search. That's what I've been, been doing a lot of recently. And for any PHP dev out there who, who has used elastic search, you'll certainly appreciate the fact that there's a lot of nested arrays. And those nested arrays are, we're talking five, six levels deep. You know, it's, it's, uh, it gets a little bit confusing, gets a little bit crazy. And 
you have to interpret that as a query that you're throwing at Elasticsearch. So having the ability to open and close uh, the array values, the array elements through a debugger and actually see how the values are being set, when they're being set, what they're being set to, and what is setting them is very, very important. And with the step debugger, you can uh, step over, you can step into, you can go to certain lines. It's very, very important to know. It's a skill. It's not just for back-end developers. Uh, Front-end developers also have step debuggers for things like JavaScript as well. So my takeaway there would be that if you just know how to print out to the screen, you know, hello world, or I've got here, or this is the value of, of X. That's all well and good, but it's, it's so you'll benefit so much by, by learning how to actually use a step debugger because you'll start to appreciate the flow of the application, how the other methods are called, how things are being set or unset. And you can, you can look into and inspect uh, the objects, the arrays, the, the collections that you're building. And you'll also, you'll, you'll end up with a better appreciation for the application that you're building. And you'll probably end up discovering things that you just weren't aware of. It's also very useful for having a look at things such as performance issues, because you can, you can physically see, you know, how many times something goes into a loop or, how many iterations is happening or how many times this thing is being called because you're literally having to go to that spot <laughs> all the time when you're doing a, a step over. So you can, you can immediately see those sort of those pain points, those bottlenecks. Also, it's very handy when you're debugging things such as APIs and API responses. So you can actually see the response back in its raw form before it gets trans um sort of trans configured i guess into whatever the result is that you're using such as you know putting it into an object or an array you can actually inspect the raw json um, of the api or the xml so that's very handy um, there's also uh things like uh, like i said breakpoints watches altering the values during runtime super valuable so that's number one step debugger number two is the command line interface so i think um and, and this probably wasn't the case uh five years ago maybe longer eight years ago but I, I, I do believe it is a case now where the, both the front end and the back end developers need to learn the command line interface. And I know that sounds a little bit sort of like gatekeeper-y, but to be honest, all the latest JavaScript things at the moment require the need for NPM and the need for actually getting onto the terminal and creating or building things, running commands um, running JavaScript tests, all of that stuff. So I think that is super important to know the command line interface when you're uh, both a front-end developer and a back-end developer. Okay, so what's next? Oh, yes, with the... Um, with the... Uh, with this command line interface, sorry... Um, 
I would also look into things like Composer and NPM or PIP. So these are package management commands. So learning how to install your packages, how to install dependencies and libraries. Um, it gives you a, a better sense of how things are actually installed, how things uh, are dependent on other things, how the whole ecosystem of open source works as well, uh, which I think is very handy. Also, there's Git. So learning how to use Git, um, that is super handy as well. So if you don't know Git or if you've only used Git through a graphical user interface, then I highly recommend that you actually look at learning Git through the command line. You'll be so much more efficient and quicker. It's going to take a while if you haven't done it before, obviously. But once you start getting used to it, once you start thinking, oh, I need to commit this now, your fingers will start hovering over the right keys automatically. And you wouldn't, and, and it'll get to a point where you're not actually looking at what you're doing on the keyboard. You're just doing it and you're just reading the output on the terminal. And it is so much quicker than moving the mouse over to this thing and going right click, commit this thing and not that thing and putting in the commit message and then clicking the OK button. You just have to do, you know, git commit minus am and then the command message and then enter done. Also, you get used to doing things like git status and finding out the actual status of the work of your, um, of your application at, at any one time. Um, so learn git. Learn Git. And I think there is probably, I don't know, there's a handful of commands that every developer, I think, should should have some level of knowledge on. I'm going to try and remember them. There is Git uh, checkout. So checkout hyphen B is to create a new branch, to create a, yeah, a new branch. Uh, Git checkout of uh, an existing branch also works without the hyphen B. Then there's git commit. You could use git commit hyphen am for add and um, message. And then you would type in the message. There's obviously git add to add any unstaged commits to, um, to your, your, your commit. And then there is to stage any unstaged commits, I should say. And then there is, uh, git pull. There's git push to obviously pull and push the code. There's git fetch to fetch any new branches. There's, um, git remote to have a look at all the remote stuff. So git remote minus V. There's git branch. There's git branch hyphen D to delete branches. There's capital D, lowercase d. There is git merge to merge um, your different branches together. There's git reset and so on and so on. So those, I would certainly look at the learning those commands and just having a play um, back in the day, I used to do the source control through, um, SVN. And when I went to learn Git, it was a completely different world. So I do, I am jealous of developers who haven't needed to learn the centralized way of source control. So once you, uh, cause it took me a long time to unlearn the centralization of, uh, source control to get onto the decentralized Git. <laughs> Of course, new developers will just learn Git. They wouldn't have to unlearn what they've learned before. So um, that, <laughs> so I am a little bit, I am a little bit envious of new devs who come on um, because I wasn't a fan of of uh, SVN and having a trunk branch and all of that stuff. Blech. So yes, learn Git, learn uh, package commands, 
it becomes you you become faster because you're not using the mouse uh anymore you're or or any any kind of graphical button anything that you have to click and then you know accept and uh confirm that this is the action that you want to do on a nice graphical thing um there's less risk that the actual graphical user interface is going to crash because you're not using it um so you'll become faster as a developer that's the takeaway there if you learn the cli also you can set up um profiles in the cli you can use sort of your bash rc files or z shell rc files and you can have different environment variables in there you can have uh different collections of dot files as well so for example as as i mentioned i'm a, a contractor i have um uh, sometimes I work on various projects at any one time. And what I would do is switch between um, different projects using a, a shortcut key that I've got here. And what that does is it just changes over to a different, a, a, a different project. And that changes over all the things like the environment variables. It changes the SSH keys and all of that jazz from uh, one profile to the next. It's, it's super, super handy. Um, keeps them nice and isolated. Uh, also, you can create aliases, aliases as well. So if you're running multiple commands together, you can uh, you can automate those. So you just have to type one little shortcut key that you've created an alias of those commands. Um, and yeah, it's just once you start getting down that rabbit hole, you become quicker, more efficient. And that's the takeaway here. These essentially learning these things will make you quicker. That's the takeaway. This is how to make you quicker. Um, okay. So also with the CLI, uh, you get a, a, an idea of how the pipelines run. You can actually run the pipeline through your local machine. So if you've got a, a CI CD or CI, I should say pipeline, um, then you can, you can replicate that locally. That's super handy as well. Uh, yeah, loads of stuff. Learn Docker as well. Learn how to containerize stuff, but essentially CLI, CLI as much as you can. Okay. So the next one, number three is the IDE. Uh, so this is obviously a no brainer because everybody's using an IDE unless you're just using a text editor, which to be honest, why would you do that? But the thing is, there's so much about an IDE that I think is very under underlearned. There's lots of stuff that I don't know about the IDE that I use. I know that. I'll put my hand up now and say that there's lots of stuff on the IDE that I could probably do with, with learning, and it's probably going to make me better as a developer for doing so. But there are certain things that every person, every uh, software engineer, regardless of what discipline, what industry they're in, needs to learn for and with an IDE. The first big one is to learn the shortcuts, to learn the shortcuts. My, um, my development time has been, is, is far quicker now because I, I know, know things like in PHP storm, for example, shift shift will open up a nice little pop-up window for me that I can essentially sh um, search anything, <laughs> which is so handy then having to go through the project explorer and then look for files by file name i could just type this thing in and perhaps it's also going to come out with um the method name like you know it'll search the files for the thing that i'm actually typing rather than just the file name 
so handy. There's also control O. There's all sorts of stuff. Control E. Yeah, for, for looking at recent files. So whatever IDE that you're using, and I'm obviously focusing on PHP Storm because that's what I use, but whatever IDE you're using, do take a look at the shortcut mappings. And if there's any mappings in there that you just don't, um, you, you can't see, um, and you think there should be there, then create one because it's going to make your life a lot easier and things will go a lot quicker. So learn shortcut keys, create shortcut keys, um, access services like the dashboard and the terminal within the IDE as well. And I, I, so I don't do this. <laughs> I access the database and, and the terminal via the terminal just because I, I do a lot of streaming and I find that doing it on the term, on the, in the inside the IDE makes my IDE much smaller in terms of visual space. So I, I usually do things in a different window. Um, and I do that when I'm working as well for clients because I've got this humongous screen that I'm staring at, at the moment, this, this, uh, massive, um, 38 inch ultra wide jobby where I've got many different screens or many different windows, um, of different things. So I can afford to have, um, different screen real estate, real estates, if that makes sense, if that makes sense. But if you're just running through, say, a laptop, not a, a big screen like this, then I do encourage you to learn how to use the database and the terminal through the IDE simply because you won't be switching windows. You are in the same window. The more time you can spend in a single window and do all the things, uh, the quicker you're going to be. So again, it goes back to the speed. Whereas if you've got multiple monitors, you can have your terminal on one monitor. You can have your IDE on another monitor and everybody's, you know, happy <laughs> with that. So screen real estate is really important. Um, and the database as well. There's lots of different things that your IDE can do to the database. Like, for example, you can actually see the tables. You can see uh, the columns and the rows. And you can make adjustments to the schema. You can all sorts of stuff. You've got syntax highlighting going on with the, the SQL. So that's very handy. And you don't get that, obviously, when you're going through the command line because you would have to actually type the commands and the queries out yourself in order for you to actually make that. Um, sorry about the, <laughs> sorry about the spam. Err, I am going to report this uh, user. Um, yeah. So again, it's all about speed. It's all about being very quick and trying to make yourself as efficient as possible more because the, the end user, your client, the person who's paying you will be more um, happy if you can do it quicker than someone who is spending a long time doing it and getting to the same result. If you can do it far quicker uh, than another developer, then you are going to be seen as a better developer than the, than the slower developer. Um, yeah. So what's the next one? <laughs> the IDE is actually quite a big thing. First one. Okay. A Git integration. That's another one. So with your IDE, you can do, um, things like looking through, um, Git blame. So you can find out who 
altered, what line and a date. This is super handy if you're working in a massive team and you want to quiz the person who wrote the code or just get um, or ask them a question about it. Maybe you're unsure that your changes will work or uh, you just want to just double check something. Then you can use uh, Git blame. I don't particularly like the name of it because that sort of suggests that you're going to blame someone. Uh, I guess it is a bit of a blamey thing, but do it in a non-nasty way, obviously. <laughs> um, but it is, it's, it is super handy. It's super handy to, to have a look. You can also have a look at the, the commit message as well on that particular line or that, that section of lines. So. Uh, the Git integration is is really good in terms of looking at historical things. So looking at your logs of of your the Git branches, looking at uh, uh, having a visual representation of wh- which branch has been merged into whatever branch. However, what I would definitely suggest is when it comes down to actually running commands in Git to manipulate the 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 work streams, if you will, the branches, I would personally prefer to do all those things in the CLI than actually in the, the, um, uh, the IDE simply because going back to the fact that I can type quicker than I can click. (laughs) However, there is a caveat and that is, um, when I do merges. So if I did a Git merge and I find that there is a conflict which happens more to, more than more than not, um, especially if you're if you've got branches, loads of branches, and and some people are doing work on on a similar thing that you're doing, and you're yeah. So uh, conflicts happen. Conflicts happen. It's nobody's fault. Conflicts happen. Um, I use the IDE to have a look at the conflicts and to change the files through the ID. I know you can do this through the command line. However, when it comes to verifying changes in code, I prefer to actually see the left-hand side, the right-hand side, and the middle. So what you usually get is your code, the result code, which is the middle bit, and then their code. And you essentially have these three, uh, three panes um, of code, and you have arrows, one on the right-hand side pointing to the middle and one to the left-hand side pointing into the middle. And you can click those or, or there's there's an X on those where you can dismiss those. And it brings code from both sides of the merge into the resulting um, code that is in the middle. I find that far more easier to interpret and understand than actually going through the command line. So there is a, there is a, a caveat there when I say, CLI is quicker than than the graphical user interface because it really depends on what it is. If you can actually see a visual representation that is going to help you um, get more of an understanding of the action that you're going to do through the graphical user interface, then definitely do it. Okay, also um, with the IDE, there's markdown previews as well. And they are super handy for documentation. So you can write your documentation in Markdown and then view it as you would view a Markdown file outside of your IDE. We, we do a lot of this on the How to Code Well live streams for the course documentation that we've been writing. Super handy to do. Also with the IDE, 
there is, um, and this is the last point for the IDE, I should say, uh, there is the access to the step debugger, as I mentioned earlier. And again, this is going to be different for whatever, uh, code, uh, programming language you're using. So, you know, it could be PyCharm for Python. It could be PHP Storm, uh, for PHP or WebStorm for JavaScript, but they all have their way of, of, of having a step debugger. So learn how to use those. Okay, so the next one, number four of the build tools. This is a bit weird, this one, because it's incredibly obvious. However, I do think that a lot of the things that um, you you could learn um, are, they're, 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 they're sort of, they're things that I think are undervalued. <laughs> so I've grouped uh, a load of tools together, but essentially they are the output of whatever you're doing. So having an understanding of how the output is works and how you can interact with that. So let me make that a little less abstract. Let's say, for example, you are writing an API. So you are, you are creating an API and you obviously had a, a series of, of requests and responses, and you need to not only document those, um, those API requests and responses, you needed to test them. Um, you needed to provide other developers those as well. How do you go about doing that? Well, there are tools such as Postman and Postwoman that will allow you to do that and do that well. And those tools, they're very in-depth tools. But if your job is to build APIs, then definitely learn how to use them as much as you possibly can, because it is so important to be able to create APIs that are well-structured, well-documented, well-tested. And with, say, Postman, for instance, because that's something that I use a lot of, a lot of the time uh, where you can use, you can write in JavaScript. I think it's node. You can write it in these tests that take the output of whatever the response is, and then it can manipulate the variables within Postman. So for example, if you were to have a series of requests that, I don't know, manipulated an account and you were doing some updates and deletions or changing something, then you can you can set or unset or update values that you store in Postman that will be used for subsequent requests. So you can end up building your your own sort of API suite, if you will, which is so handy. And this is also really handy for things like uh, saving the access token as well. So if you log in and you use you you get the access token, you can save that as a variable. Um, or you can set variables as well for different environments. So you can say that this environment is for dev, this environment is for staging, um, and this environment is for pre-prod. And you can have your own environments in, in, in Postman and you can set variables and then it becomes, it becomes more generic, which means it becomes more shareable. Um, so for example, you could give it to another dev or you could give it to your QA team and you could just say, manipulate those, those environment variables, try and change those and do and see what happens. 
also, like I said, there's documentation. So you can document what the responses will be under certain circumstances, um, which again is super handy. And you can, you can automate and debug your APIs. So you can debug your APIs in the sense that you can see how you could, um, with Postman at least, you can see how that uh, request would be made through things like curl or, um, or other mechanisms. Um, and with Postman, there is, I think there is a, yeah, it, it shows you the output of how to do it in various different programming languages as well. Again, super handy. It's basically writing your work, <laughs> um, which is really handy. But let, let's come off of APIs because that's just one output. With software development, there's obviously many different outputs. The most common output, of course, is the browser for web development. So having, I know and this sounds staffed, but it it is, I, I do think that there is a lot of tools on the browser that a lot of people just don't aren't aware of and they would they would benefit from learning so for example uh, google have recently and um, released a feature in google chrome where you can actually group tabs together and give them a color and i know that sounds really sort of well well okay great but actually that's super handy because it, for a web developer at least you you can uh, group your tabs together in some visual grouping that you can say, well, this is for development. These tabs are all development. These tabs are all staging. These tabs are all pre-prod. These tabs are all production, which means that you can, um, you can quickly see and identify because when you're a web developer and you're on multiple, uh, environments or platforms, um, and you're, you're trying to replicate bugs and you, Try you you do something in production. You're like, okay, yeah, that's great. I need to now replicate that in development, um, or on or, or in staging or, or what have you. You end up with two tabs that look just the same because <laughs> you've got one in, you've got one on production and you've got one on development, and they're on the same page. They're on the same URL apart from the the obviously the URI part, very different. But from the face of it, if you've got thirty tabs open. They're, those two tabs are just going to look exactly the same. It's going to have the same um, title. If you're, you have enough space to see the title, they're going to be the same because it's going to be the same page. It's going to have the same favicon. Um, so having a means of having a, a, a colored group to say, okay, green is for, for um, I usually go with red is for production. <laughs> Green is for development and amber is for staging. <laughs> um, and then some blue color for uh, resources. Um, it's just easier. It makes, again, it's a speed thing. It's a speed thing. If you can quickly identify that that is the staging environment or that is the production environment, or oh, you shouldn't be there. You shouldn't be doing that on production. You need to be on the green tab. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a, quick visual cue. Um, just going back to the IDE, there was another point that I should have made, and that is auto-completion and syntax highlighting. There's two. Um, so with auto-completion, when you start typing your command, your not command, your method name or whatever, it will try and complete it for you. So there's that. And also with syntax highlighting, you can highlight the syntax. There's code folding as well. Um, anyway, let's come off of IDEs. <laughs> Um, so yes, with the browser, understand the browser, how the browser is, is all the features of the browser. Also 
obviously as a web developer, learn how to do, learn how to use things like the debug, the web debug toolbar um, or the console and, and how to read requests and responses, how to go through and check the performance of, of things through that uh, debug debugger. Um, but also it's not just browsers and it's not just APIs. There's other things that the other outputs that, um, software engineers in general have to deal with. And my point for this is to have a, a deeper understanding of what those are and see if you can, um, use one of the hidden features and become a power user of that output. Um, that will make your life so much easier. Okay, so the last one is less Devi. Um, it's more sort of PME, but um, we all have to deal with project management tools. We all have to deal with how to write tickets or how to read tickets or how to group tickets, subtasks, how to um, assign tickets to people, how to estimate on tickets, what kind of I don't know, story points, complexity points, how to write things like acceptance criteria, um, how to read criteria, how to do all sorts of various different things in a project management tool. If you're, say, Scrum, you'll be doing something slightly differently to people who do things on Kanban, or maybe you're doing a mix of both and you're doing Scrumban. Just have a little understanding as to what those things are and what you can do, where the limitations are on those project management tools that you're using. It could be Jira. It could be Asana. It could be Trello. It could be whatever. It could be the Monday.com or whatever it is. Just have, um, just know where things are, know how to, um, link to tickets, how to mark tickets as dependencies, how to, um, communicate with other people outside of your, um, your team or inside of your team, just have an understanding also with things like Jira. And I think I, I, well, I, I definitely know with Jira, you got things like, uh, graphs and charts that you can find like burn down charts and all of that jazz. There's also integrations that as a developer, you could, you could hook into such as Slack or GitHub or whatever other tooling that you're using. Um, you can, you can, uh, integrate your project management tools into that. Try not, basically the point here is try not to use just, just 10% of the project management tool that you've purchased. <laughs> try and use as many features as you possibly can, as long as they're making your life a lot easier and, uh, you'll become a better developer because you'll be able to, um, mark tickets is done or move tickets to the right place. You wouldn't have to be chasing people because you're not sure what to do because you've done it before. <coughs> Excuse me. So the whole point of all of this is to become quicker, more efficient, and improve yourself as a software developer. So there we go. That's my, uh, my five, uh, five tools to learn. So step, B step debugger, the command line interface, the IDE, uh, your output, so postman, postwoman, browser uh, output, and a project management tool. Know them really, really well, really well. And all of these things are going to come out with new features and uh, improve them over time. 
and you need to keep up to date with those things. But notice none of these lean against any kind of front end or back end stuff. These are very generic. These are incredibly generic. Um, and that's why I believe every software and developer needs to have an understanding and, and have experience of these tools. If you've got any questions, queries, or if you've got any comments or suggestions, then do let me know. Go to howtocodeworld.fm forward slash contact. There's a contact form there. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to go because my throat is going to, is going to go. <laughs> I'm having a look at these notes and I'm sure I've left things out. Um, but it was lovely to speak to you all again. And uh, I will see you again on Sunday for the Twitch stream that's happening on uh, 2.30 on Sunday. And we're going to be doing some PHP work uh, around exporting data. So I'm going to be playing around with a Symfony uh, serializer, I reckon, unless I manage to get all of that done on a Friday evening. But I quite like to have a Friday evening, to be honest. Anyway, thank you ever so much for watching. Happy coding, everyone. Take care. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye. Oh, and sorry, if you uh, if if you want to hire me, do let me know. <laughs> Happy coding. Cheers. Bye bye.